welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to your podcast. Today we're talking about Revelation chapter 6. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. And uh, as we kind of open up and look at this, we want to just turn the attention to God real quick and just remind you that the Bible reminds us that God is a just God. As yeah. Christians, the, the, the hinge of this entire story is Easter. It's the cross of Jesus Christ and the justice mm-hmm. and the wrath of God were on Jesus. And then that grace and forgiveness were extended to us. And so God is perfectly just and perfectly loving mm-hmm. at the exact same time. When you talk to people who are trying to wrestle with this and oftentimes aren't Christians, they often will say something along the lines of like, well, if God is only loving, then he's not all powerful. And if God is all powerful, then he's not really loving just because look at the circumstances of this world. And for us, we just looked at at the cross of Jesus Christ to Mm -hmm. know that God is both love and just. And we know reading the story the Bible, that God would be incredibly unloving to not be just. Yeah, and Jesus right. is the one who shows us how he can be both of these things. Hmm. And so, again, we're talking about the inevitable judgment that God's promised to come. And uh, in this chapter, chapter 6, we're going to be talking about how these seals were given um, in, the, in this book, and the only one who was qualified to open them was, was God. Yep, the Lamb. The lamb. I actually think of that song that I, I think I probably cry pretty much every time I listen to it, but, um, is he worthy? Is yeah. he worthy? Is he worthy? And it's, I just love that song. <laughs> it's like, yes, th- at the end, that's, it's just resounding. Yes. In the song, um, of all power and honor and glory, but because of who Jesus was, because of what he did, because of how he died and, and, and mm. all of those things that, you know, he is the only one that is worthy to stand in this position like we read in chapter five and now to open, to open the judgment scrolls. And so I think that's one of those things too, that's like, we, we trust you. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. Like, and you talk, we'll talk about this later on, but how there's, um, there's people who, who have suffered and who have given themselves that yeah. are very ready. You know, we might be longing for home. Um, I think there's some folks that, are, that have, have been longing for home, you know, for longer than we've been alive. Oh, yeah. And so they're kind of crying out there. But I'm with you, though. So I, we, lo- I love that song. I know. You want me That's to sing it for you? Sure. Sorry, I can't. My, my, You're I, so I full my, of beans. I pulled my hamstring. I can't anyway, do you guys, we're going <clears> to <throat> jump into chapter six. So like you said, the lamb is the first person that we meet in verse one. Mm-hmm. And they're opening these seven scrolls. And then we're introduced, and I heard one of the living creatures, a voice like thunder, come. I looked, and behold, we're introduced to this first um, picture of a white horse. Yeah. And its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he came out conquering and to conquer. So interesting, because this kind of echoes a picture of Jesus in Revelation chapter 19. Yeah. And so that's kind of the question there is, is, could this be Jesus, or is this some other symbol? So you break it down, too. Uh it's split. 50% of right. we scholars don't <laughs> think it's Jesus because of what it says in Revelation 19, and yeah. 50% of scholars think this horse can 
saddle up with the next four horses that are about to come out, and it could be some false prophet or false yeah. teacher, and nobody knows for sure. Um, where we can find good news and hang our hat is that regardless if this is Jesus or not, the mm-hmm. message and the mission of this story stay the exact same. Yeah. And uh, we just about it. God is, yeah, bringing his judgment, and God's people are going to be protected, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when it does come to the horses, like if you go to verses 3 and 4, you have the red horse, and the red horse is symbolizing slaughter. It's bringing about strife, mm-hmm. war, anarchy. Um, when I read this, I, I can literally hear the words of Jesus in Matthew 24 and 25. When um, mm-hmm. he's basically telling the disciples about the end times and how there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and yeah. famines and all these terrible things. These are the judgments that are, are going to come. And um, this red horse represents kind of the, the physical violence side of things. And really, just the other day, I was sitting with our son. Are you talking about the red one or the white one? The red one. Oh, okay. Yeah, verses three and four, the red horse. Sorry. And... Uh, Cal was asking me about like, dad, why, why are there wars? Mm-hmm. We we're going through like an old history book and just looking at like World War II pictures of soldiers right. and planes. And basically you can sum it up like this. We fight and have wars because people try to take stuff that's not theirs. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, that's like as simple as it is. Satan wanted uh, glory and fame and his pride got the best of him. Hitler wanted land that was not his and power that was not his. He tried to remove people that mm-hmm. he had no right doing. And you just go through every example. Um, the book of James talks about this too. We fight and quarrel over all these things. We have messed up motivations and desires. But if we can look at God who is just and holy and true, mm-hmm. we trust that he's going to have his way. Um yeah, when you keep going, though, the red horse isn't alone. Um, eventually, it goes to the black horse. Mm-hmm. And the black horse, verses 5 and 6, represents poverty. So it's like not enough that you had physical violence and right. this judgment. And God basically removed the peace of this world. Mm-hmm. The peace of Jesus remains in the hearts of the Christian. But the peace of the world is gone. That's a very important note to take. Yeah. Okay? That the red horse could take the peace of the world, but the Christian can always have the peace of God. And now this black horse comes in in verses five and six. Yeah. And this represents poverty and how people are just going to be poor. There's scarcity Mm. and famine. And honestly, if you think about what's happening in Africa right now, and even this has happened in other parts of world history. If you live through the Great Depression and then World War I and then World War II, you probably thought you were living the fulfillment of these scriptures. Like, oh my goodness, there's famine there's scarcity, there's drought, there's wars, there's right. rumors of wars, there's this antichrist guy. But you see that this seems to be cyclical. It just happens again and again. Yeah. And uh, and here, one of the pieces of, again, this common trend is poverty, where people don't have. Yeah. You think about Africa, the drought right now in some of these places of the world is reaching like an all-time high where people have absolutely nothing. And so that's what the black horse represents, mm. poverty and people losing it. So the judgment continues, you guys, with the pale horse. Yeah. So that's verses 7 and 8. And you read about this pale horse coming in and Hades right behind them. And what this is representing, the color kind of makes you think of the, the color pale green. The word in the Greek is koloros. Is that correct, Clark? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, 
like a cartoon picture. You're on a boat. You're about to get sick. You're seasick. That kind of like paley green look. Right. Like actually physically ailed. Yes. And so the the point is like, okay, if if the violence hasn't gotten you and the famine hasn't gotten you, then um, this is going to get you the sickness and kind of oh, the end man. this way. And really the picture and the language too of the writer's name was death and Hades followed them. Like that partnership um, is one that's just like securing then like death. It's like, okay, wow, this is, this is no good. And it says that they were given authority over the fourth of the earth to kill with a sword mm-hmm. with salmon and pestilence and the beasts of the earth. So it's just, again, like sealing yeah, kind of like just- what has been, judgments and judgments and more judgments exactly like what has been coming which we kind of get to the end of the chapter because it continues but that's the um the tone of it is like you won't get out of this yeah like in your own power you're not going to escape this for sure and then but the attention turns to god's people here like in verse nine Yes. It says, when he opened the fifth seal, it says, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and their testimony they had maintained. Hmm. And this is just a reminder of the reality of the gospel. Hmm. And like yeah. eternity is at stake here, people. Yeah. And so what you and I really believe and your loved ones, what they really believe is going to determine and dictate where we spend the rest of our lives, not just on earth, but forever. Right. And I guess I'm just feeling, again, a sense of urgency reading this book to be in the Word and to talk about it with you and our kids and people we really love, but especially people out in the world, you know? Just anytime you get a chance to share share the gospel, shoot your shot. Don't be nervous. Um Actually, I should say it's okay to be nervous, but just trust that God's going to do what God's going to do. Well, because what's at stake? I think you said that a couple chapters ago where you're like, we kind of get confused where we think drought is the biggest issue on the earth. It's not. Where we think, you know, all these confusing sexual ideologies is the biggest threat. It's not. Where we think drugs, no, it's not. It's sin. Yeah. That's the biggest threat because of what it does to your soul. And that's forever. And so what, if we can help people understand, and that's what, like, that's who martyr, that's actually convicting to me now that we said this. There's a book, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it's literally just stories of martyrs over yeah. and over. What is, is it Voice of a Martyr? So, I think it might be a magazine. But Don't yeah, quote you, me. you have this book. I do. And it, it encouraged me. I remember getting it in high school yeah, and reading through it. And it's just stories of people who are sold out. And it doesn't mean that they were just, you know, evangelistic to the core and that's all they did was walking around. It means they were them sold out for Jesus mm-hmm. so that anybody and everyone in their circle of influence knew that, oh, hey, th- this person, this person set apart, they belong to the Lord. And it's, it's those prayers. And so that's the thing that encourages me is the power of prayer in this. Like you're saying, we've read it, or we're going to read it too, how that becomes like an incense. Yeah. And so it's just interesting to me. I think sometimes we think of prayer as like a, when I get there or when I have a minute or maybe like if I'm if something bad is going on, I'm going to pray. And, and it's not. It's not that. And the power of prayer, especially from these people, the witnesses under the altar, man, we got to be on our knees. That's how we fight on our knees. Oh, for sure. And verses 10 and 11 are, are really important to look at here too. Um, because they're they questions that you and I often ask ourselves, the, the souls, the people who have been mm-hmm, killed by God, mm-hmm. they called out in a loud voice, how long sovereign Lord, holy and true until you'll judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Yeah. Then each of them was given a white robe 
and they were told to wait a little longer Mm -hmm. until the full number of their fellow servants for their brothers and sisters were killed just as they had been. And sometimes we have got to be asking and crying out and praying the same thing. How long is this stuff going to keep happening? Yeah. Um, I studied Daniel extensively this year. And uh, Daniel, at the end of Daniel, says the same thing. He's sitting on the riverbank with two angelic hosts, and he calls out to the representation of God and is basically like, how long are we going to be in exile? And when, God, are you going to come and right these things, right the wrongs Mm -hmm. and bring about your judgment and the kingdom of God and all these things that we really want? And the, the representation of God basically tells Daniel multiple times, go your way. Mm-hmm. He says, go your way. And if I had to translate that into my own words, it means continue to do what you know you're supposed to do. Yeah. Be faithful to what you know God has called you to. It's like husband, love your wives, children, respect your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, l- look out for the orphan and the widow. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent and believe. Um, don't give up the habit of meeting together. Continue to worship together. So right now when we're like these people crying out, how much longer? Mm-hmm. I think the response is still the same. So wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Go your way. Keep doing what you, what, what you know to do. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. That's the ending coming up there. Well, the ending, it, you guys, it, it, there's still another level. And so when we go to verse 12, it says, The six seals open. I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as a sackcloth, a sackcloth, the full moon became like blood. And so what's going on in 12 through 14 is just nature upside down. Yeah. So it's because that's what we know about Genesis 3 is that everything was broken by sin, yeah. not just humans, but all of nature is broken by sin too. And so there's judgment. Yeah, and what's so sad about this is the picture here from verses like 12 through 17, the end, are the judgments coming on people who still refuse to repent. Oh, yeah, the very end of the chapter. The very end of the chapter after that. It's like there's a great earthquake. There's Mm -hmm. people in sackcloth. It's like um, you're given a chance to repent and turn here, but people are still trying to hide. They're hiding in their closets. They're hiding in their homes. They're hiding under rocks. They're hiding in the mountains. And it's like... The judgment that's coming is a massive tidal wave that you cannot escape. Yeah. And repent, please. And people don't. They well, try Jesus, to find other outs and other yeah. means still. Oh, totally. Or let's just wade this out. Let's go <laughs> into the cave yeah. and we'll, you know, this will pass. And um, Jesus talks about that all the time, about how let's bring, walk in the light, bring things into the light. And so do that. But I'm also just thinking about when Pastor Ken has said like, hey, you know, sin isn't going to hide. Sin will come out too. And so even in our own lives, sometimes there's things that we're, we're hiding from, we're running from because of judgment, because of fear, because of whatever it may be. And we got to bring it out. Mm -hmm. We're not going to experience flourishing. We're not going to experience healing and wholeness unless we bring things into the light so that they can be judged, but so that we can walk in repentance yeah. So that we can receive the mercy and the love of God. See, that's the thing. I'm I'm so blessed because when Clark and I, I laugh because when Clark and I re- apologize and repent to our kids, they they forgive so quickly. They really do. They forgive so quickly. And the Bible speaks about how God is compassionate. Because right now we're reading about uh, a lot of judgment. We're reading about yeah. a lot of judgment, which is true about God. But we cannot hold that hand higher than God of judgment 
and God of mercy and compassion because the two hands go together. They're on the same, the, the scale that we're looking at isn't tilted one way or another. It's actually in his great compassion and mercy that he has waited to for this day, that he's telling the martyrs to wait for this oh, yeah. day. And so just to, re- just to remember right that. Right now, you and I are living in a age of God's mercy. Yeah. And he wants you to repent. This is what comes to my mind as we close. John 5, mm-hmm. 24. Um, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Yeah. He does not come into judgment, but has passed yeah. from death to life. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think about is, I don't know what kind of judgment the Christian's actually going to have. Yeah, that's interesting. Like we've think. talked about, yeah. like having your whole life up on a movie screen and, and God showing yeah, every right. little thought, like it's possible, I guess. But here it seems as if... Well, it's if in, you, that's if you, the, the books written down too, of like the things that we've done that's mentioned too. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it's almost when he says you've passed from judgment from death right. to life. Um, mm. I'm not... I, I, if I'm a Christian, I'm in Christ and I am walking in repentance. I should not be afraid of how right. God is going to handle me and my sin. I actually should yeah. have a certainty and a confidence because of what Christ has done. That's going to be a good thing. Yep. And uh, obviously this language is intense, but it's beautiful, it's weighty, and it's something that we need to sit in and wrestle with ourselves. So, um, hey, we encourage you, read this chapter yourself. We pray that you meet the Lord in it. And uh, stay tuned for more podcasts on Revelation to come. God bless you. bless you and keep you. He'll make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.